It's Monday, March 14th, and we have Steve DiRaffoli of Pinkies signing autographs in the Starbucks drive through line and a barbecue spot closes. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia, your number one podcast source for food news and interviews with the people who make Virginia restaurants great. That was Roby putting down a glass of wine. Follow us on social media at Eat It, Virginia, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast for your favorite on your favorite podcast app. This is a rough intro, but my name is Scott Wise, and I'm joined as always by my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Scott, it's our first back in front of each other podcast that's not at Castle Martin. You look so good in person. You look good over Zoom, but you look really good in person, too. I think look better over Zoom. You think you look better over Zoom? Yeah, I can adjust the lighting and maybe, like, get my eyes bigger. I'm not really sure. There's there's nothing like Roby in the flesh. Ah, isn't that the truth? Well, guess who we have in the flesh with us today? Let us know. Steve DeRafferly. Did I get that right? Yes, perfect. I did? Yeah. From Pinkies, which opened, what do you say, eight months ago? Yep, July 21st was our first day. Nice. And where is Pinkies for the four listeners that are listening right now? So Pinkies, the name came from my mother. Um, She, it was her nickname when she was a kid. Um, When she used to cry, her face would turn pink, so her sister would make fun of her. I love Um, this. And it was kind of just an immediate family thing. Not not everyone knew her as Pinky, but um, uh, she passed away about... Almost twelve years ago, and um, we were we were really close with her, and she taught me how to cook, and um, it just meant a lot. It meant more than just naming it um, a restaurant. It just it felt it felt right. It looks right too. I got to tell you, open airy space, gorgeous decorations. Do you feel like you can feel her in here? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's um very inviting. She she loved to have a lot of plants around the house, and. Um, it just fits our vibe as a, as a family. Like this, when we go on vacation, this is what we like to enjoy. You know, tropical, open air. Um, so yeah, I would say it definitely, definitely rings true with that. Well, I love that. I like all the pink accents, even pink napkins you have, which I yeah. think, you know, the last time I was in here, I didn't put those two things together because I'm an absolute moron. But <laughs> I thought about it when I got in the car and was like, oh, pinkies. okay, pinkies. It's all pink. It's all, well, it's not all pink, but there the are napkins? pink accents. That's oh, yes. very cool. That's exactly what we're going for. We didn't want to like overdo and do like a cheesy pinkies thing because that's not really what it's about. But we do have some accents. The ones at the bar were kind of impromptu by my father. Um, I didn't really know that was going to happen because they built us the bar. I'll tell you guys more about that, too. So cool. Your family is so involved in this restaurant. I think it's so neat. So the bar your dad did just... Yes. So... um, Surprise, surprise. Here's some pink. Yeah. So basically, I always worked in construction um, back with my family. They do diner manufacturing. Um, My grandfather actually started over 70 years ago and like pioneered the stainless steel modular look. Um, so that's kind of what I grew up on. And uh, when this opportunity came along, I reached out to them. My grandfather came down and we took measurements and made the floor plan together. Um, and then, yeah, they, they made us the bar um, and the new countertop and a few other shelves and, and, and you know, these... Um, these U-frames around the palm trees, you know, several different pieces of equipment. Um, and they brought them down and, and worked down here for a few weeks with us. And uh, yeah, it was kind of, it, it just worked out, worked out perfect. 
You mentioned the pink accents uh, around the restaurant. I have another question about accents, and that would be your accent. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't from around here, are you? No, oh, I'm, not. Scott. I'm not. Where'd you, uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Nershell, New York. Um, it's right outside of the city. Yeah, just north. Yes, just north of there. Um, and yeah, I lived there my whole life. Um, the kids call it New Road, don't they? Yeah, how do you know that? Oh, maybe I know a thing <laughs> or two about New Road. Yeah. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, New Road, yep. New Rochelle High School, all of that. Um, my whole family's still there. Um, I wish they could all be here, but um, yeah, like I said, I moved down about 11 years ago and met my wife, and we stayed here, and, and we're, we're putting our roots in, in the ground. That's beautiful. Yeah. What brought you to Richmond? It's a funny story. Um, I... I was working construction up there, and I kind of, I kind of hit like a, so, somewhat of a dead end a little bit. I just felt like I didn't really want to do much more with it, um, and I was trying to look into different industries. I had always worked in restaurants at night and on the weekends, um, and I had a cousin that lived here, and he he uh, he ran Bodillas. That was his one Bodillas. <laughs> So he came up for Christmas and said he really needed like a manager and like kind of a partner in it. Um, and I, I moved down here like three weeks later and realized real quick that that meant cooking for drunk college kids at three in the morning. I was just getting so, ready to ask you yeah, about so that. Yeah, so that like, well, you know, that was, was what it, it was. It wasn't your dream, Steve? No, I mean, it was for a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, what is the worst thing you saw at Bodillas? Can, can you tell me? Because it's no longer around. Right? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's open anymore. My worst night, I could honestly say, and um, it, it's actually a funny story. We, the clubs would let out, so at like two thirty, we would have like a line out the door and around the block. And there was one night, uh, a couple kids got in an argument over a girl, and uh, the one guy pegged the other kid in the face with a uh, like a fresh out of the fryer six piece buffalo wing. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was funny for a second, and then the whole entire place erupted in a brawl. So that was, uh, um, yeah, that was probably probably the longest night I had there. Like just hauled off a six piece. What a waste of some wings. Yeah, it was one of those nights that was so rough. And then we looked at the tape afterward, and we're just blown away by it. Started with a spicy <laughs> wings to the face. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's a weapon it was of something. choice. It was something that night. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I ended up um, having a friend that came in pretty often, and he worked at Terrence downtown. So I was like, let me give it a shot at like a real high volume, um, you know, more upscale restaurant, and just picked up real quick. And with, within the first like 10 months, I went from not even knowing how to really, you know, cut vegetables the proper way to running the whole kitchen. Um, and my wife was the bar manager, and... Ooh, loving yep. a restaurant again. Yeah. I love it when this happens. <laughs> happens yeah. a lot around here. Yes, it does. It's something the air in Richmond. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she managed the bar and you were in the kitchen and you, what did you, sneak her nice dinners to woo her? I used to sneak her snacks, yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I had no shot. She was like the hotshot bar manager, you know, and I was <laughs> just like the dirty new guy. L listener, if you could see the smile on Steve's so face stoked. right now, he is so yeah. in love. Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. She's definitely helped out a lot here. She's our chief vibes officer. So she, all the decor, um, she picked out all the plants, um, the radio, the, the, the sound you hear in here, the look of it, our Instagram, our social media website, our menus. I mean, 
the look of Pinkies, the vibe of Pinkies is all is all Brit. So if you don't know her, she owns the really nationally famous jewelry, locally made jewelry line, Sun and Celine. Mm-hmm. I wear a bracelet of hers I've every heard day you talk of about my that life. Before. And the big bees that you often What's her see name? me I'm in, sorry? Brit. Brit. Mm-hmm. She's outstanding, makes fabulous jewelry. And yes, I do speak of her often because I, my dad was a jeweler or still is a jeweler and she makes great jewelry. Yep. All from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's Bartender, pretty amazing. Vibes, jewelry. Mm-hmm. She seems like you found a good one. The total package. Yeah, she's much cooler than me. <laughs> I don't, I don't know podcast. about that. She's, she's very she cool, right? though. She's probably busy doing all the things. Yep, she's, she's working up some, some wedding pieces and she's busy, 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 just like me. So you mentioned that your, your mother taught you how to cook. Yeah. What would she think about her son owning a restaurant all these years oh, later? Oh, she'd love it. She'd be in here all the time. Um, she was... She worked in restaurants on the weekends, um, uh, hostessing, and she just enjoyed food, and she cooked for four hungry boys every day, so she was cooking a lot. What were some of her uh, masterpiece recipes? Um, Well, Italians call it gravy. Down here, we call it tomato sauce, but there was always that going on, meatballs, chicken parm. um, But think about the quantity with four boys plus your dad. Yeah. Holy mackerel. On the construction side all day. Yes, back. that's like a that's not a thing. Of, that's like two million gallons of gravy. Yeah, lasagnas all the time. But that's not necessarily what you do here. No, that's that was more. Um, we, I, well, I do have her, her meatballs on the menu. Um, but yeah, that was more of a like Southern Italian cooking, which which we do here. Um, but more for like a big family style. I, I tried to do more of like a modern, uh, lighter. I'd say twist on on like the Mediterranean cuisine and also expand across the whole Mediterranean was kind of our our main concept to it. Um, I didn't want to just just do Italian food or just do Greek food. So we have a lot of Spanish influence and North African and French and it it allows us to kind of mix things up and still keep it fresh for regular guests and um, it keeps it it keeps it fun. It keeps it interesting and, and we always like to try new things and it gives us a lot of options. So what I really like about Pinky's menu, you know that I'm here relatively often because yeah, yeah, I find great. it affordable and excellent. Is that your picture on the wall, by the way, it's with the pink the, accents? It's right there. Yeah, they put a mustache it, on it. That was it's nice in the know. works. It's in the works. So great. I like a place that changes the menu enough that if you are a regular customer, you can get the stuff that you love. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just talk about the lamb fries right now because I can't not order them. And then you can order something different that you didn't see the last time mm-hmm. how many times do you change your menu monthly um so far we've done it twice and we've been open for eight months so every and four months nice yeah we try to do it at least once a season um there's obviously always going to be the staples that we'll keep on the menu but uh we rotate seasonal vegetables seasonal fruits and um also at least two to three of the tapas will like come off the menu and we'll add a couple more things and um yeah, I'm actually, I was working on that right before you guys got here. So <laughs> New menus, working on it, just in case anybody wants to come back by and get the lamb and the new thing. Yeah. So part of your family is southern Italy, right? Yes, Calabria. Calabria. Yep. Yeah. And do you use some of those influences in your cooking? Oh, absolutely. And have you been? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we use um, very true to Calabrian um, condiments in, in some of our sauces, and um, I make sure I order like the genuine like imported stuff that, that we need to whether it's from Greece or Italy and um, 
or whichever country it, it, it is, Spanish octopus. Um, and um, yeah, the influence is just, you know, by the sea, fresh, fresh as you get. We get our produce in every day, our seafood in every day. And, um, you know, we, we stay true to the, um, to the recipes of that area where, you know, if you need to do a little something extra for it to be, like we talked about the last time we were together, you know, more lemon zest and, and, and fresh, fresh herbs and, and stuff like that. I feel like it kind of brings you more to that space than just putting it on the menu. Steve mentioned we were recently together. Yeah, which I'm we curious were. about this. <laughs> we actually filmed a portion of a food show in here just this past week, which I took up most of Steve's day, um, put him on the camera. He cooked a pork chop and this wonderful new shrimp dish he has. Oh, I love me some shrimp. This one is insanity. On Tell me plate. about it, Steve. Um, so it's our shrimp speziato, which um, is spiced shrimp in Italian. Um, the flavors of it, I would say, are more more North African. Um, it's a coconut saffron, creamy sauce. Uh, we also use um, like a curry spice in the polenta, and we cook it the day before, cool it, form it, and then fry it to order. Um, so it's nice and crispy with a nice spiced shrimp with a little char on there from the grill. I'm definitely ordering this. My, I've not been here yet as a, as a diner. I have not yet come. I find this pathetic. Well, you know, <laughs> you call other people to hang out. Apparently, you don't call me to hang out. So. We always got a seat for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Maybe one day I'll get my picture on the wall, you too. You can only have one Manhattan here. They're strong. I want you to know that. That's it's fair. Just one, because it took me down. You, you mentioned some of the condiments and ingredients that you want to pull straight from southern Italy. What, yeah. what are those? I mean, you, said, you said near the sea, but what uh, exactly are you talking about specifically we use is, um, it's called a sardella. It's a, it's a fish paste with Calabrian chilies. Um, I mean, it's one of those things you can't even read the label because it's all Italian. Um, but it's it's from specifically Calabria, um, and I like to use it in as many things as I can. Um, it's in our pinky steak butter and also our Caesar dressing, which is a little different than the classic anchovies. Um, so yeah, um, that as well as uh, San Marzano tomatoes in our tomato sauce, um, and also like true to Greek olive oil, um, extra virgin olive oil. And specifically Greek pepperoncinis because they're a little sweeter than the Italian ones, which, which are little notes that, you know, I kind of did a lot of research. I had a lot of time on my hands in the pandemic and um, just little things like that. We try to, you know, get the best of the ingredients that we're getting. So he brines his pork chop in the pepperoncini brine, which I think is a really good use of using all of the ingredients, which I feel like totally came from your mom because she yeah. had so many people to feed. She used to use it in a chicken dish that she made for us, um, which was strange when I was a kid, but when you ate it, you were like blown away. It was just like a lightly battered um, pan-fried chicken with pepperoncinis and black olives, but it was like our favorite when we were kids. <laughs> it was like the thing that there was no leftovers, no matter what. When you were growing up, was Sundays, like, the day, was your mom in the kitchen all day Sunday preparing a big family meal for Sunday evening? No, we oh, were... Man. I was hoping, because no, that's, oh, that's what I want in my life right now. Well, <laughs> we were, we were crazy kids, and... Uh, Poor boys, man. His mom would probably barely get to the kitchen. It was one of those things, yeah, we, like, it was every night we, we cooked, and she tried to get us all at the table at the same time, but we were all outside, whether it was playing basketball or, or, or whatever. Um, we're in the mean streets of New Row. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, we were always bouncing around Scott different sports. Up. I, don't I know. know. I know. <laughs> he he might have known me back then. <laughs> I don't know. It's starting to get weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were we were hard to get at one table. So I'd say um, we ate together every night. But it was kind of like who was also playing video games or you know outside playing ball or yeah. that kind of thing. I just had this like image in my head of these large Italian families that on Sundays like whoever the cook is, whether it's the mother or the father or one of the kids, just like in the kitchen all day long and like a certain time comes and everybody just, yeah, like everyone's yeah. eating from the stove, no, that's, the pot that's what the it stove. Was. It was like who she could grab to help for 15 minutes yeah. and distract them. I love that romantic vision in my head. Yeah. The, the vision of the Sunday gravy. Yes. There was always a fresh loaf of bread with the gravy because uh, we'd all run through and dip a little in there, run back outside. You mentioned you had a lot of time during the pandemic. I think we all had a lot of time during the yeah. pandemic. But the pandemic sort of birthed this restaurant. Is that... I've done Not some totally. reading. I've done some reading, some crack research about the restaurant. So, and you mentioned that a couple times that you were looking for opportunities, and mm-hmm. the pandemic sort of. Yeah. So the actual idea of Pinkies and everything came together actually before I opened Brunch um, for Lunch and Supper Group. Um, I had had conversations about opening Pinkies where Starlight used to be. And then that kind of formed into me opening brunch for them, which was a great experience and, and a, a great learning experience. It was my first, you know, front to back menu that I made and I designed, redesigned the kitchen there. Um, and overall, a great experience. But um, when the pandemic came, um, my wife actually got significantly busier because a lot of her sales are on the Internet. Um, so I left lunch and supper and started working for her. And there's only so much I could do since I've never, you know, made jewelry from scratch. So I would help her as much as I could, but also work on the menu. Ring we got from them. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> look like Whatever stuff. I did, she had to redo twice. But um, I tried to help as much as I could. And um, me and my partner John, we both left lunch and supper about the same time. Um, he was a catering coordinator there, so we worked together a lot and and had to do a lot of things on the fly i mean when you're putting wedding together it's very um it's very easy to get to maybe not work as well you know there's a lot of people that kind of butt heads a little bit but we always got the job done and 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 worked really well together so we kind of partnered up and and tweaked the concept and got lucky and found this space and uh you know got all the fine tuning to the menu and and then we did all the work ourselves all the tiles all the painting um Everything. I mean, putting together all the tables, chairs. How much? I don't want to get too much into your your business, but how much did that save you ultimately? It must have been we wouldn't. Have, there's no way we would, we would have been able to do this unless we did it ourselves. Right. Yeah, we didn't have like a big uh, investor or, um, you know, a big pot to pull from. Right. We took out a loan and we're like, all right, we're the contractors. Um, this is how it's got to go. Yeah. No, which was fun. I mean, it really it really worked out because I had done this a lot. Um, building diners as a kid and through my teenage and college years, yeah. Does it, how different was it doing it for yourself? Like, what did that feel like daily? Because you had done it for other people, and then you're in here doing it for yourself. Did you feel the need to, I don't know, redo things over and over again because they just weren't right? Or yeah. how'd that go? Um, well, first of all, it was funny because uh, every time we went to do something for the first time again, me and John would spend the whole day and do, say you know, 10% of the work. And then I'd go home and remember what I used to do. And the next day, by the time he got here, I'd be like blowing through the whole project. And I'd be like, I just remembered that you're supposed to cut this this way and glue this this way. 
And um, it was pretty funny just like getting back in that mode and um, remembering all the things I had forgotten just so long ago. So cool. So this space. Your favorite old restaurant was in this oh, space. I love it's ironic it. that we're here, I think. It's the worst restaurant in the city still. I mean, somebody, can the Pinkies take over their other space? Maybe. I could not have been more excited when you opened here because I was like, yes. It's a, it's a great space to have a fantastic restaurant. Have we mentioned where we are? I mean, did we mention it off the top where we we're are We're exactly? in the old urban farmhouse. Now it's a great restaurant, Pinkies in Scott's, Scott's edition. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So it looks, I mean... Looks obviously new, but it's the same almost layout. The bar is still yes. where it was for uh, Urban Farmhouse. The seating, there's a lot more seating. I feel like now than there was. Yes, then. absolutely. It was it was more spread out. Um, more of a, I guess you'd say, a community space is what they what they had going on. Um, and we didn't do anything structurally, um, but we did kind of dress up what they had here. We opened up the kitchen space so you can see it from the front door. Um, the bar is where the old bar was, but we um, we built it at a different height and um, added the the bar behind it, the bar back, where you see all the liquor bottles and the server station and, and behind that. Um, and yeah, we we added all these tables. Um, they did leave us a good amount of refrigeration, which was awesome. And um, if you look back with the bookshelves, but they were teal, like a tealish color at the time. We painted them black and added decorations to them and. We really we worked with everything that they that they left us and tried to use as much as possible. In the open kitchen concept, would you have gone with that if this if you were building a restaurant from scratch? Is that something yeah. that you would want? Oh, absolutely. Um, my whole thing was I really love the feel of a like a New York Italian deli when you walk in and like the owner kind of greets you at the door and already has your sandwich working. So I tried to do as much as that, but still be like a full service um, restaurant. So. I love everything coming out of his mouth right now. I've been here, I'm telling you, quite a few times. And he, he the look where the hostess stand is. It's right in front of the pass. So if he's QC right there, he can just turn around and wave. Yeah. QC yeah. quality control? Or, or, yeah, whatever you're calling it now. But, yes, it's that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> I've never worked in a restaurant, so yeah. I have to so, learn all these terms. Yeah, so I, I usually expedite the plates out and um, and finish them with the various different sauces and oils and garnishes and herbs. And um, yeah, it just makes it makes it a little smoother of an operation. So there's obviously entrepreneurial visions in your family with your wife, but opening up your own business. Mm -hmm. What are some of the lessons that you've learned in the last eight months or last year or so that have been a surprise or a challenge to you? Wow, um, it's definitely something new every day, um, and it's a different type of stress. Like I, I've I've run other people's restaurants for a long time and um it's more the, the little things you know and and being able to kind of gauge how important certain things are at certain times and when to kind of give yourself time to fix little things um me and john don't have managers so it's you know when we're open me and him are very much active on the line behind the bar running the food um so it's kind of you know, being a little more responsible about following up with certain things that you maybe necessarily didn't see the numbers behind. Um, you see most of the numbers when you're running a place, but there's there's the little things, you know, um, fixing the toilets and, and, and little stuff that you don't necessarily get the bills for and um, just kind of gauging those things and, 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 and learning how to save yourself money by doing things on your own. 
So the last time we saw each other, which was recently, we'll, I'll repeat that again, Scott. We were discussing... <laughs> Name dropper. St- I, I have to. I have to. We were discussing staffing. Mm-hmm. And the city, it's, and the nation really, is experiencing what everybody's calling a weird staffing shortage. What are you seeing here? Same, same. Um, we've, uh, we've definitely consistently been a few people short. Um, it, it hasn't... I mean, I'm sure other places have their own experiences with it. We haven't been, like, extremely short-staffed, but we're definitely working a little more than we probably want to long-term. Um, I mean, just this week, you know, I closed the dish dishwasher. I closed the dish pit probably, I don't know, three or four nights out of the five and um, working on the line every night. But I take it as... It's, it's kind of a great experience because it develops that little bit more of a relationship with, with our line cooks and, and our dishwashers, and they know I'm here to do the job. You know, so it's not, it's not like that everywhere you go, and, and that's fine too. Um, but it's kind of given me an opportunity to get a little closer with the staff and, and, and you know, show them I could hold my own a little bit on there. <laughs> so what are your favorite dishes here, Ruby? All the times you've been here, what have you eaten that you really enjoyed? You mentioned a couple things I can't already. stay away from the lamb papas. I just can't. They're like, think of them as the best covered French fries you've had in Richmond. Covered French fries. So covered in lamb with a beautiful spice and a lot of lemon. It's brilliantly done. And when I say spice, it's spicy and heavily spiced. So that's Greek, I'm assuming? Or where is that from? No, it's actually like a North African spice blend. Okay. Um, I'm going to re-edit that. That's like North African, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, like, cool. Yeah, I, 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 that's what I thought. I went with, um, honestly, a, a more like a Moroccan type flavor. Um, and yeah, there's like t- at least 20, 20, 25 ingredients in the rub. And then uh, we also rub it with um, Fresno peppers, roasted garlic, fresh garlic, uh, some veal demi. And... Um, then we have the rub. We, we braise it for six to seven hours. Um, and then we use the braising liquid um, to make the lamb gravy. So, And we also don't use any flour in that. Um, so we do keep that one gluten-free, just like basically our whole menu with the exception of a couple dishes. So how would that pair with the spicy shrimp you talked about earlier? I think I'm putting the menu together you, in my head. Your dinner oh, together? My first order, yes. No, it works out great. Um, yes. It's perfect. A lot of people that come here, they... They do the tapas um, style menu where, you know, that you might have um, a couple come in and order maybe five or six different things and we course them out for them. So some people say, you know, it's, it's kind of cool because it's almost like you're in four different restaurants when you get like an Italian plate, um, the lamb plate and a Spanish plate. And, and they all taste like kind of true to the country, but um, they're all in the same restaurant. So it's definitely something people take advantage of when they come here for sure. I know the last couple of years have been kind of wild, but have you had a chance to do a lot of traveling to some of the countries that you represent on the plate? Unfortunately, I haven't. Um, we we want to make the trip across the ocean, but uh, to be honest, my, my wife is pretty, pretty afraid of flying. So we usually go down to the Caribbean. That's, that makes it tricky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have been there. I went with my grandfather um, about 10 years ago and ate at all the local spots where my family's from. And... Um, it really opened my eyes to more of that like true family appreciate your time together at the table feel and that's just kind of what we try to do for everyone that comes in here was your grandfather 
native to America? Was he from Italy or did he? He was first generation born here. Okay. Um, his parents came over um, and they were from a very, very humble beginning. Um, they still pump water from the well in, in, his, in his hometown originally. Um, so it's just that work ethic and, and just uh, getting the job done, you know, just, just whatever it takes to get the job done. So the last time you, Scott, saw him was when we did the lunch break with Roby at brunch. Wow, that was a while ago. Yeah. I didn't put two and two together. That's, that is, so he, he was part of that whole restaurant group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then came here. I remember the, the flight of waffles. Yeah. Is yeah. that your creation? Yep. Were you the flight of waffles? The right. waffle yep. flight. Everyone thought yes. I was crazy for that one, but no, no, it worked I out good. I remembered it all these years later. Yeah. It, it probably flew out the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, had to have. Do you think that there's good? I know you guys have. You do lunch, which probably not a lot of people know that you do lunch in this area. and Yeah, not as many as dinner yet. And then you also do brunch. Mm hmm. Now, will something that may have been on the menu at brunch make an appearance here ever? No, no. That's their stuff now. <laughs> that's their stuff now? Yeah, yeah. That's well, southern, some- southern food, ah. um, which I, d- I did a lot of and I loved it. Um, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go, you know, that, that's their thing and they do it well. And um, this is our thing over here. So. To- two totally different restaurants. He yeah. says, no, that's theirs now. Yeah. So no waffle flight for you, Scott. Oh, they could do waffle flights all day. <laughs> Brunch isn't even open anymore, though, is it? No, it's not. Yeah, now it's say. Espy's Lakeside Love Shack, yeah. which I guess somebody who used to work with you guys is managing that kitchen. Oh, yeah. Rebecca. Believe, yeah, Rebecca, I believe, is um, maybe the general manager. Oh, oh right. It's GM, yeah. yeah, not the kitchen. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's like one big circle. So your partner opened the whiskey jar in Charlottesville, Charlottesville was an back. owner. Mm-hmm. the whiskey jar and then came here similarly he fo- followed a girl I heard or yeah. something, something like like lots of people do we'll let him tell his story John yes oh he's great don't need to tell his he, he doesn't story. love to be um, on camera I'm just saying let him tell his love story you know <laughs> but um yeah so the, I think the connection of the two of you guys is really really cool yeah it's perfect we complement each other really well um and we also are very willing to help each other out. And, and he's another guy that just likes to, um, you know, whatever it takes to get the job done. And there's not a lot of unnecessary, um, I don't know the word for it, but we, we just get along really well. And, and he's really good at things I'm not good at and <laughs> I'm good at things that he's not good at. And we know that about each other. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been great. Everything's been great. He's, he's very cool to see. You often see you in the kitchen and John behind the bar whenever mm-hmm. you're in here. And seriously, John will roll by with um, and hand your dishes to you, have a small chat, and then run back and do it all mm-hmm. over again. It's very I think you cool. mentioned the bar. You just mentioned the bar. Did you just a bar? I love the bar. Let's talk about the bar for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Is it straight drinks, cocktails, cocktail inspired? What's your what's the overall? Why yeah. would someone? come here to drink is my question why would someone come I mean, here is there to a drink? reason to it? yeah we have we have great cocktails that also we rotate out seasonally and um our head bartender carrie um carpenter who worked with us at supper also for a brief time he ran roosevelt he was the general manager there for a while um does a great job with it and people love coming in for these cocktails especially uh smoking chili and the picnic in the park um but we also yeah we have wine beer um seltzers all, 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 all the, the things. All, all the mixed drinks. All the great drinks to go with the food. So how many regulars are from Scott's Edition, do you think, that walk over here? Do you see a bunch of people? Yes. We see people 
I mean, we had someone at the bar last night that comes and orders the rockfish cartocho three times a week and sits at the bar. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what that person's name is? Eddie. Eddie. Yeah. Eddie, you need to tell Number us. Number one fan. Yes. No, we have we have quite a few people that come in here at least a couple times a week. It's it's really cool. Yeah. I like a good place where you can be regular and and do whatever you want to do. Have a Manhattan, get some spice shrimp. So what's next? Because I know we talked about perhaps maybe you guys opening a bar nearby, but no, that's not going to happen. So what no. are you going to do now? Well, that's kind of a... Give a break, Ruby. Man, I can't. You just opened this place push, up like eight push, months push ago. All yeah. the time. My just lord. Push, push, we're, push. we're always looking for opportunities, obviously. Um, but to be completely honest, trying to tackle what's in front of us right now, which which is, like you mentioned, the staffing thing. I mean, um, we've been working a lot, and uh, until we can kind of catch up, take a breath of fresh air, and um, get some ideas on paper, which, yeah, we, we, we were looking at a few things a couple months ago, but um, thankfully now that, you know, the coronavirus has slowed down a bit, our business has picked up quite a bit, which which is amazing. Um, so we've been, we've been pretty busy. So... We're, we're we're always all ears, but um, nothing's really come across our plate yet that that has jumped out to us. So, if I come and work the dish pit, uh-huh. will you feed me? Absolutely. <laughs> you're listening. <laughs> they to eat better than everyone here. <laughs> you're listening. Better than me most days. Than you? Yeah. Oh nice. yeah. Did you hear that, guys? If you come in to work the dish pit, you get a meal. A lot of crab sherry risotto. A lot of crab crab sherry risotto and doing dishes. I'll get one shift. You get one shift? Done. You are listening to Eat It Virginia with Roby and Scott and Steve DeRefferly of Pinkies. Would you do dishes for shrimp speciato, Scott? I'll tell you one thing, Roby. I could do dishes for a lot less at home, so I would absolutely do dishes for Steve over at Pinkies for shrimp or whatever he's willing to offer. I'd take one shrimp and a glass of wine. Sign me up. I agree. And I don't I don't think I'd be able to do that job though. I know it's I mean, I've never worked in a restaurant. Dishwasher sounds like it should be relatively easy, but I'm guessing it's not that easy. I know you've worked in restaurants before. Have you is dishwasher on your resume? So I did dish bitch for multiple restaurants. My mom's one. And then I would pick up a second shift after my shift in Richmond and and do it because I could listen to music and run through the dishes. But I'll tell you, and I'll just walk through the basics and just as it piles on, imagine that's actually your pit, okay? Your actual dish pit. So every cover that eats in the restaurant, so every diner that eats, multiple dishes, appetizers, dinner, side plates, bread, forks, knives, stuff. All the drinks, water, anything they're mixing drinks with, so forth and so on. And then let's keep going. Everything that anyone cooks. So if there's a lasagna, you get that pan. If there's a pork chop, you get that pan. If there is a bunch of prep stuff that's gotten used all the way through, which you hope the restaurant is a fresh one, so it all does, you have that. So at the end of the night, after you've washed everybody's plates, then you have everybody's preparation. So what's the strategy for a restaurant if they have two or three covers? They call them turns, right? They turn the table over two Mm -hmm. or three for 
dinner service, let's just make, make up a number say it's mm-hmm. three turns. Is each turn a fresh set of dishes or is it the same dishes? Are you washing dishes for the same service every night? Well, I think it depends on the restaurant, but haven't you been at a restaurant where they've run out of the right glass for whatever you're drinking? I don't know. Does I just drink it? I know, but has somebody said I no longer have a pint glass, so you'll have it in this? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe once or twice or so. A few times. I, so I would imagine some restaurants utilize dishes through the turn and some have enough that they can utilize all night. But nonetheless, somebody's got to wash them. I still want to take a uh, listener, Andrew Ball's advice, and, and we should get a dishwasher on the podcast. I wonder if there's like a like a kick ass dishwasher in Richmond that like everybody knows about, but we need to, that we need to interview. Every dishwasher is a kick-ass dishwasher, Scott. So if you're a dishwasher out there and you want to tell your stories about washing the dishes of Richmond restaurants, we are all ears. Ruby, I think we're kingmakers, you and I, because one week after our friend David Avery appeared on the podcast telling his stories about the Starbucks over at Gaskins, he sent me photos. He's literally signing autographs for Starbucks customers on pastry bags, on the side of cups. He's a superstar. I knew he was a superstar before we interviewed him, but this solidifies the fact that Dave, David is a superstar. So I got, so I'm always so surprised at how you are so surprised that people listen to this podcast, which makes me laugh so hard. But nonetheless, I got message after message after message, because I guess when there's a massive line, he comes outside and wanders about the cars and high fives people virtually when there was a pandemic. Aaron Kesterson, who I used to work with at Anthro, sent me anthropology, Stony Point, um, sent me a message saying she, pro- she probably is there two times a week. He makes her morning every morning. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Uh, my, for my day job, I manage the social media at CBS6. And as you guys might know, Facebook comments get a little hairy on the local media Facebook pages. But when we posted the photos of David and, and the podcast information, so many people came out of the woodworks to just heap praise on, on him. And uh, it was just heart, it was heartwarming to see. So I'm glad, I'm glad he agreed to be on the podcast. And uh, if you're a Starbucks drinker, go out and see him at Gaskins in Mayland. Just do not order the pumpkin spice till it's available. Not yet. You'll be, you'll be put in the corner of the parking lot like Roby was. You got some restaurant news to let us know about this week, Roby? So what do we have? Uh, we have uh, Coco Driller opened. Looks like Conejo, which is very close, also in the same vein, South American, Mexican, Latin food. Um, it's maybe soft opened over the weekend. And that's owned think- by the folks at, uh, from the Taza Kitchen family yeah. of restaurants? Yes, sir. Look at you. Yes. I told you I was going to do some research. I love it when you do that. Also, in a very cool... Um, I don't know. Uh, have you been to call your mother Delhi in um, DC? I have not, but my my brother Eric mentioned it just today, actually, that uh, he was very excited that those folks were coming south to open up shop. So they call it Jewish, the Delhi in DC, and Ryan had the best pastrami sandwich he's ever had from That's there. Like something. St- Still talks about it still to this day. And it's been a year, at least. No, it's been two years since we were there. Um, They're going to open a pizza place, which has been mostly truck and pop up in D.C. So Timber Pizza is coming here, which I'm really, really stoked about. So is it not a deli or is it just a pizza? Are they not opening up the deli? It's just pizza. We'll wait. Wait. Okay. I'm waiting. 
So I think that down the road, you may see wink, wink, nudge, nudge, something else as well. This Jew-ish deli? Yes, a, a deli in which you yourself would enjoy. How about that? Right. What is the, I wonder what the ish means, though. They, they put cheese on the meat, I'm guessing. You is can, that not a thing you should do? Well, I mean, it's not kosher, so a kosher deli. <laughs> a, a kosher deli would never put cheese never on put meat. Never put cheese on anything. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's, I think that's because it's, they're not, it's, um, it's not kosher, so that's why they call it Jewish. I um, it, Very clever. They, yes, very. Um, I don't know if it's clever or not. Probably similar to what Pearly's does, right? Not all the way Jewish deli, but Jewish deli. Um, what else did I have for you? Oh, have you heard about this new West End drink spot? I hadn't until you sent me the outline for today's podcast, and I immediately Googled it. And I mean, it's right around the corner from my house. I cannot believe that I don't know it about it. Yes. So I was thinking about this. It's like so close to you. And also, I don't know if you've ever had a verdant lady. But like, that's a gin cocktail. And you know, I'm very much a gin drinker. So I was pretty stoked to see this. It's a cocktail bar and the individuals that are, they're getting their food from Lescrit, I guess, which was in Stony Point, but now I guess is out near you too, right? It is. So this was the space that used to be owned by Josh and Jess. Correct. Hutch and what's it called? Mix? Mix. Mix, The cocktail Mm -hmm. bar. And so now I guess it's La Crepe and Verdant Lady, the Green yes, Lady. Yes, and Verdant I think Lady? we, I think we should go. Do, I'm really you, stoked about it. Do you know the people behind the cocktail I bar? Know, literally, I know nothing other than I love their marketing plan because I love all of the cocktails, and I really think that the entire place kind of looks a little different than Mix. So I'm hoping whomever it is that is running Verdant Lady will reach out to us because I really would enjoy knowing a little bit more about it. Let's go this week. Uh, and, and I'm in. I'm in. Absolutely. We can watch Virginia Tech ACC champions play in the NCAA tournament. Congratulations, no, Roby. I know. No one's more excited than I am. I mean, if, really? Poor little Duke. Poor, poor little Duke. Poor, 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 poor little North Carolina. Poor, 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 poor North Carolina. <laughs> If you guys hear the, the the little scratch in Roby's voice, apparently she was screaming at the TV for like four straight nights, Can rooting on her you, Hokies. So I, I mean, I didn't really think that um, they that, they're definitely winning that Duke game. I mean, they held on to the lead for what their sat- entire second half. I didn't watch it. That's okay. You missed a very interesting game, but nothing close. And the University That's of Richmond. That's what the Hokies do. It's not close. And what about Longwood? Isn't that from your hometown? It sure is. So cool thing. So Griff Aldridge and um, Julie, who's married to Griff, they live a house down from my brother. Rhodes and Rhodes, my brother, um, and Griff have been buddies for years. Griff went to Hampton, Sydney. Very cool stuff. Julie and my sister Mary Quinn are close. You would have never thought this. And then what? All of a sudden, Lancers just blow it up. Are we getting tickets to the to the games? Is it going to be Eden Virginia on the road? Are you getting the hookup? Can I just tell you right now, I could beg one of my siblings for the hookups, but they're going to take them themselves. So I doubt we get it. <laughs> That's fair. So what happens if Virginia Tech and Longwood match up in the tournament? Who, who, who does the Martin household root for? For, let me rephrase that. For whom does the Martin household root? For whom does the Martin household root? 
Well, if history um, continues to replay, then my entire house roots for Longwood. <laughs> that's fair. That? They're the big underdog. That's that's good. That's really good. I like that. Yep. The whole family, except for me. I mean, I love Longwood. I want them to win, but I'll be rocking the tech. We should also shout out the University of Richmond, which is kind of like your neighborhood yes. school, Roby. Sure. I mean, you have yes. so many connections right near, to this tournament. Right near the moat. Yep. I mean, you can see the, the campus from the, the tower at your house, right? The, the bell tower Castle looks directly over yeah. it. Yep. Man, Correct know, who, you're going to be have a busy week. I'm not sure we're going to have time to get cocktails while the basketball that you'll be watching. And I just, I just would be, I just need to sit behind a TV. In not so sad news, Scott. I know where you're going with this, and I'm going to tell you already that I don't support your position. I like barbecue. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of the backstories mm-hmm. that you are aware of, but I, I do like the restaurant and the food that it serves, and the people that I've encountered working there for the most part. When was the last time you were there? Years ago. Eight was or Ned nine. still alive? <laughs> I don't think there ever was a Ned. But anyway, <laughs> go, go right ahead. Ned's dead, baby. Ned's dead. <laughs> well, I, maybe a barbecue was good when Ned was alive. Okay. Not a fan. Got it. Roby was referring to Buzz and Ned's closing its uh, Richmond location on Boulevard. The West End location on Parham and West Broad Street remains open. And from what our friends at the Richmond Times-Dispatch and Richmond BizSense have reported, he, Buzz is planning to reopen indoor dining at that Parham and Broad location. And judging by the look on Roby's face, she will not be going there for lunch. I doubt, or I doubt he lets me in after this, but I have judged multiple chili cook-offs with Buzz. Was that a long enough pause? Um, and I haven't been to that restaurant since I judged a chili cook-off with Buzz. I think that's all we can say right I'll now. I'll judge a chili cook-off with you. You have. Yep. And Justin Lowe, what lovely human that is. And we'll leave on that note. If you haven't read The Times Dispatch this week, you should. Justin Lowe, who is the recent restaurant critic of the RTD, um, has written two incredible articles on a just how the Asian culture has been affected by what's going on in the world right now. And also young mother who we had on the podcast recently, um, Daniel Hardhausen. So I will leave you with this. Go read Justin Lowe's columns because they're incredible and it's worth checking out. One final prediction on the tournament, Roby. Hokies win, yes or no? 100%. Lancers win, yes or no? Oh, oh, yeah. It, I, if it's not a um, Virginia Tech Longwood tournament, I, I'm not watching the rest of it. You got it. You heard it from, from Roby, fan of barbecue and, <laughs> and, and gin. This episode of Eat It, Virgi- Eat it Virginia? <laughs> this episode of Eat It Virginia? No! Oh, God, no.